Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight, we discuss how fools rush in and fool killers rush to kill. Have you ever wanted to see Loki working the door at Studio 54? You will. Plus, there was a Dark Phoenix movie this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about that and a lot about the Dark Phoenix comics. And, oh yeah, you know we love the X-Men animated series. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome to Marvel TV Weekly, also known as Marvel Movie News TV Edition slash Sunday Edition. I am Christian Black, joined, as always, by the lovely and talented... My very own, the Marvel TV Weekly's very own Kitty Pride, Zia Anderson. I am saving all of these intros because the last one I saved was so nice. This one's so nice. God, Christian. After the show, it's not going to be like this. But for now, this is great. <laughs> I'm Zia Anderson. Hello. And see, if I wanted to be a jerk, I would say sitting next to her is Hank McCoy. But no, oh. see, that's not cool. I love Hank McCoy. But Hank I'm calling McCoy you a beast. Is Wait, is that I'm an insult you a, or well, not? I'd be it's, calling you, know, you a beast. See, the thing is, it's like it's all like you would want to mean it to be an insult, but it's really not. He's awesome because he's by amazing the way. <laughs> and like a genius. So uh, and he messes up stuff. All the time. That's true. But yeah. he's on the short list of guys who've gotten to be an okay. X-Men and on the Avengers. And the, on the Avengers, Come yeah, on, you can't go right. Anyway, Zach Wilson sitting hey, here with us. Thanks for having me. There's so much to talk about. A little bit of stuff we were able to do touch on Thursday on Marvel Movie News over on Popcorn Talk Network, which is where you usually see the three of us assembled, mm-hmm. uh, like the Avengers. Like the Avengers. And um, we talked a little bit about the Jessica Jones uh, Season 3 trailer. This was like the full trailer. Because it dropped that day. It dropped that day. The same day we were able to talk about things. Amazing. Now, here we are on Sunday night, which when you think about it for a second, just think about it like that. Wait, a week from today, we'll be talking about how we've already watched. Maybe some of us will have watched the whole thing. I know I won't. The the my record for Marvel Netflix shows was season one of Jessica Jones, ten episodes on day one. I've never come close to that since, and I, I just I have two kids now, so there's no way. But. Uh, I, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it. And, uh, Zach, let me start with you. How many episodes do you think you're going to watch by this time next week? Honestly, probably four. That's pretty good, though. Men in Black comes oh, out yeah. on Friday. Which, True. actually, I was going to ask you off the air, but I forgot, so I'm going to ask you on the air. Men in Black is technically a Marvel movie when you get down to it, because it was a Marvel comic it book. It was a Marvel comic book, you're Should right. Should we talk about it? <laughs> I think we, well, I mean, you've got Thor and Valkyrie in it, so you need to talk about it at least in passing. Okay. You know, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I actually hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that it was a Marvel uh, comic. But yeah. I was going to make it a bigger deal, but then Jessica Jones is coming out at the same yeah. time, and it's like there's way bigger Marvel stuff. I, I know. Anyway, but so by Sunday, because Men in Black comes out, and that's my Friday night plans, and then Saturday I'm playing D and D. I have much nerdier things to do, so that leaves Saturday <laughs> night and Sunday. So probably four or five. Well, not to go too far off on the tangent because we would never do that here on Marvel TV Weekly, but no, uh, we never. Sunday is uh, Father's Day, and I've decided that uh, I'm not going to ask for a lot from my kids, but uh, by Joe, they are going to sit and watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends with me one episode. <laughs> the episode about how they all meet. I've decided that that's the one that's good for them. How long is this episode? 22 minutes. They can get through that. Yeah. I think that that works. I mean, yeah. if, if I can watch a 28 minute of uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood or DuckTales with them, I think they can do it. Anyway. Well, DuckTales is not hard to watch. I don't true. know what it's the not, other one it's is. It's not hard to watch And the all. new DuckTales is so good. It's David Tennant as Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> what? what else do you need? Nothing. Uh, I want so David Tennant watch that everything. Darkwing Duck reboot. Oh, yeah. The best, like, this is, this is kind of on topic. The best commentary on big budget superhero reboots you've ever seen. Really? Loves them while also t- tearing them apart at the seams. Check I, it. I'm, I, t- I'm just saying. That's I, a specific skill it. set that I appreciate. When you can love something but also know how to like really tear it down. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Zia, no? you still haven't watched season two of Jessica Jones. Are you just diving into season three? Don't lie. I, I honestly, I might. 
I you really just, just might. Do it. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's going to be a recap. It's going to tell you what you need to know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying now you don't have the time. I'm just going to watch the David Tennant episode. I'm not. It's actually not the best <clears throat> episode. I'm glaring at Zia. Yeah, that's yeah. That's right for the people listening on audio. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this on Thursday that uh, we do have uh, the confirmation that the uh, the villain will be a a version of uh, Fool Killer. And uh, for those watching on YouTube, we do have some graphic representation that we didn't have on Thursday. I want him to he wear that hat He is not going to be wearing this hat. <laughs> I want the hat! Uh, I want this whole outfit, <laughs> by the way. And I don't mean I just want it on the show. I mean, I want this outfit. You want to wear it? I would the love to wear is, it. thing is, like, would. Marvel, especially the, the shows, are so good at bringing the costumes in for a moment. So do you think we'll see this guy with okay. the hat I, I think, in, like, the background? Yes. Or he'll, like, have some kind of, like, <laughs> trying it on montage? I, I hope so. I, I think the hat, yes. Now, this is the more modern full killer, which is that very Deadpool-esque. Makes sense. Which yeah. makes sense, because he rolls with Deadpool. He's uh, one of the mercs for money. Which he was is a, given, like, an old yeah. Deadpool uniform right, exactly. in this run. So... Uh, you know, but I want the blue hat. And uh, if you're watching live in the chat or if you're uh, checking out the archive, let us know. Uh, is it going to work for you if you don't get the the blue hat? That's the real question. Uh, so yeah, so this is uh, this is Gregory Salinger. And if you saw the trailer, you know you see his name. It's very clearly in there. And I know I think at this point we know when we get somebody's name, we're like, oh my, well, let me let me Google <laughs> well, that. Let me just is, Google yeah, that up because it's like you don't put it in the commercial for no reason. No, you and know? he's the second. Fool killer, which I read when I was reading about yes. the first one. Good, I want to. I, I, <gasps> I love when you do homework. <gasps> well, the first one uh, showed up, it first appeared in Man Thing, so obviously it, uh, which is let's be honest, it's a rip off of Swamp Thing, but it's <laughs> yeah, Marvel. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, but uh, so yeah, then this one uh, kind of he, you know, Spidey and uh, the the Avenger. You know, you you see him a lot more places. Uh, this guy, so I think it'll be interesting. So, what did you find when you did your homework? Zia? Well, so for the. F- the first full killer was a very this he was based on very religious reasons right. sort of why he you know got into doing what he was doing and my favorite my favorite um little bit of info there was that his mentor who was i think he was a priest that he looked up to he found him in an orgy so he killed him mm-hmm. and then um mm-hmm. preserved his body so here's the crazy and thing it. and Zach, like- Zach doesn't know this that's how Z and I met i'm sorry what were you going to say huh <laughs> I was just going to say this sounds like if you like <laughs> took Punisher season two and then like <laughs> yeah. did some twisty oh, stuff. If it was, it. Uh, yeah. if it was uh, what, John Pilgrim? Like, yeah, well, he definitely would have. It made uh, me yeah. think of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is, you know, he's got kind of deep roots in the the Marvel uh, comic book universe. You know, uh, Peter Parker was his teaching assistant at one point. Yes, I did do that uh, also. That, that was a, a sort of, the name kind of like lingered in my mind mostly because of uh, the interaction with Spider-Man. It's from a run of Defenders that I'm not even aware of. But uh, so I don't, I like, and we talked a little bit about this on Thursday. I like when they take these characters that you don't think about maybe ever. You know, and uh, it's like, yeah, they're, you know, I mean, some of these characters are very well developed. They have interesting stories, you know, uh, like in uh, season two of Iron Fist, we had Typhoid Mary. I mean, that was not a particularly minor character, but it's not somebody that comes to mind right away. So I like when we get some of these characters. Uh, Zia, what do you think when we, we see, you know, people that maybe we're not expecting to show up on some of these shows? Oh, I like it. And I also like that they're really kind of digging deep for the psychopath ones because they're, they're very interesting. <laughs> they always have these very interesting. <laughs> Interesting aspects yeah. and arcs. Yeah, just a couple. Typhoid Mary, again, being one where she was a little bit of a psycho, but in a very interesting way. Like, you wanted to hear more about her. You wanted to know who she was. I think it's going to be similar with Full Killer, and I think it's going to make you go back and so, so even read some of that stuff, because now I want to. It's, it's interesting to see, because uh, I just caught up on Cloak and Dagger this weekend, right. to, like, finally watch the, the, the finale for the, for this, for season three, or season two, 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 yeah. two. um, we're Jessica Jones season three, Club yes. and Dagger season two. Either way, like uh, television, so is so heavily leaning on these psychotic characters. Like you have, like that was the big part of Club and Dagger season sure. two was mm-hmm. these characters who have a men- some kind of mental disorder or dis- or disability or they're just freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, however you want to say it. Uh, I wonder if it's just the fact that television is so limiting in terms of what you can do with a power that it's easier 
to pull from these lesser known villains yeah. mm-hmm. who you can just give a sort of a, a mental like issue to uh, whether or not it exists in the initial version because it just is cheaper. Yeah, yeah that's and, a great point. I mean, they've done a great job. I mean, when you think about the fact, and yes, the m- sort of modern usage of this character uh, was reflected in season one of Jessica Jones, but the fact that Kilgrave was Purple Man I mean, you had a character named Purple Man, and you just it, it, that it evolves into that. Just shows that you can really do so much with really you know any of them. So, and he had a power that you didn't need any special effects to see, right? And right, that's exactly. also yeah. Th- I so, wonder. Oh, it's also that, that Jessica Jones in particular doesn't have a very deep rogues gallery. Right, she hasn't right. had a comic for that long. Like the the recent run has been going on for a little while, and she's had different villains through there, but they don't really line up with the TV shows. Right. And Alias, like, a lot of her villains were just mysteries. It was it was the, like, li- they, they weren't big characters, even though her, like, best friend was Carol Danvers. Her, like, big villains were, their Purple Man was the biggest character that she had a thing with. Right, exactly. So uh, I think it'll be, uh, I don't know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what's happening. And, of course, uh, as anyone who saw the Popcorn Talk Network live reaction video when we watched the trailer, uh, the fact that we got to see Trish as Hellcat uh, I'm just, uh, you know, oh God, I actually so don't care sad. what else happens in the whole season. I want to dress uh, up as Hellcat for one of these shows, actually. Please, yes. If there were sweeps, uh, I would say hold it for that, but we don't really have that. So, you know, just If just I anytime. dress up as Jessica. Oh. <laughs> please. Well, please. See, here's the thing. I say that. It wouldn't be the first time no, on this network yeah, that you, I've done that. You oh. have the, I know you have the scarf. You, you you have you have a scarf. You have a jacket. Yeah. Well, no. I'd go for the uh, the like plaid. Okay, that's, that's that, works. that works. Because that's what I own. That totally works. Uh, I'm into that. So if you're watching live in the chat or of course the archive, let us know your excitement level for season three, of Jessica Jones. Obviously, it is a little bittersweet because it is our final Netflix season. Uh, but uh, you know what? We're going to forget about Netflix before you know it because Hulu loves us so much. They love Marvel and all the Marvel content we're going to get. <laughs> uh, you know what? This time next year, I might not even have Netflix. Who knows? Uh, it looks like you saw something good in the chat, Zia. Yeah, Ghost8386 says, and I think we kind of touched on this a little bit in Marvel Movie News, but uh, Ghost8386 says, Hellcat and Hellstrom were married in the comics. Right. What if we yeah. got, we talked about this, what if we just got her over in, I would like that, over in Hellstrom? It, it would be cool. It would be the fun, like, dark thing to do there, but I think I've heard that they're going to be doing his, uh, uh, who's his, who's his main, like, love interest? Uh, I'm not that familiar with the character. I know. So let us know I in the did chat. a deep dive on it like, not that long ago, but uh, and, I don't remember. Uh, let us know in the chat. And uh, while you all think about that, Zia has this important message. Yes, I do. Hey, guys. Before we move on to our next topic, we just want to say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. For us to continue to grow, though, we could use your help. All we're asking you to do is just, like, Push a bunch of buttons, you know? Just like it, um, subscribe, comment, rate. Those are all just pushing buttons. Zach is, like... Very um, animatedly. animatedly, yeah. Describing no, how easy it is buttons. to do, yeah. That's, I'm actively pushing buttons. It's so easy to do. Um, <laughs> but seriously, we appreciate you guys watching us. You allow us to do what we do. Coming here to talk about things that we love is literally one of the most awesome parts of my entire week. Um, I look forward to coming here and talking to these guys about stuff. I love talking to you guys about stuff. So we appreciate you supporting us. Thank you so much. We wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. Um, five stars on on iTunes. One through four don't work, so don't worry about it. Anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, one through four stars is for losers, and that's yeah. not us. Uh, yeah. So, Zia, I know uh, another thing that we talked about in TV Time on Marvel and Movie News on Thursday yes, yes. was, uh, speaking of season three, season three of The Runaways, uh, Elizabeth Hurley is Morgan Le Fay. So, we didn't have a lot of time. No. I want you to take a moment and tell us why you're so excited for this. Okay, first of all, she's half... Faye. She's half a fairy. I don't need to say anything else. She's like a fairy sorceress. Morgan or Elizabeth Hurley? <clears throat> Both. <laughs> Both. Which we're like, have you seen Elizabeth Hurley lately? She's like in her 50s, and you're like, she excuse me? so yeah. amazing. It's ridiculous. Very excited. Oh, my God, yeah. Also the character, but very excited. But about Elizabeth Hurley, and I think, despite some movies that she may not have had the best acting whatever and I think that she's a good actress I mean 
you know. Well, I did. I, I did mention the Wonder Woman pilot that she yeah. was in. That's not her fault. But she, that's not she her just, fault. She took a check. Yeah. You know, we, look, it happens to the best of us. She was great and bedazzled. And I'm sorry, Austin Powers. Thank you very much. Um, uh, so you you've been pretty upfront about the fact that you didn't love the Runaways. Not How much favorite. more excited are you for season three now? Much more. If it takes more of a supernatural sure. turn, I will be like 100% more into it. I liked sort of where the storyline was going, and I know I've said this before, I have a little bit of a hard time with like younger actors. Sure. It's not always my favorite. Sometimes they can do it like um, Stranger Things really... I know. Do you see that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Zach had a picture of Elizabeth Hurley in a bikini. Oh. Just Google it now. So good. It was the first article that popped up when I just clicked <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> I wasn't calling you out. We were just checking about how good Look, she looked. Just because he's he's favorited it now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so you're more excited for the show is what you're yes, saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying is I am. So um, anyway, point and being. And yes, Ryan in the booth is uh, feverishly trying to find us uh, pictures. Just come uh, on, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Zach, your uh, overall thoughts on Runaways, and does this impact your excitement level, uh, the Morgan Le Fay tie-in? Uh, it, it raises my excitement. I, I was gonna like, I was gonna watch it anyway. Like, I liked se- uh, season one was okay. Well, season two was was a lot better. Yeah. Um, and they've they've like started to figure their stuff out with this like hint that uh, Cloak and Dagger might be heading towards. Uh, LA. Yeah. Which I, I from every from the way the internet reacted, I thought that we were gonna like look down at their bus ticket and say LA on it. <laughs> All I said was the beach. Yeah. You guys are there's assuming a, so much. There's a lot a of lot. beaches. Yeah, that's true. They're in New Orleans. They could be going, uh, going to, to they, Florida. They, well, they could be going the to Jersey Shore. Well, uh, South Carolina, uh, Alabama. These are oh, all places yeah. that people go to the beach. It's not necessarily on the ocean, you know. Uh, but yeah, I had because I saw the headline before I watched the episode. I'm like, oh my god, what are we gonna get? Are we going to see somebody from... No. And then I'm like, oh, they're on the bus. It's going to pull away. It's going to say, like, no, nothing. It's I literally the internet. rewind it. <laughs> I rewound it and rewatched this whole, the whole scene. Be like, I must have missed it. The internet was so convinced. Uh, and uh, since, you know, I, I wasn't here last week. And by the way, thank you, Zia, for uh, for sitting in this chair. And uh, you, it was it was ladies' night last week. It was. Uh, that you, uh, it was a uh, fun time. Uh, let's see. You, Rachel, and Steph Sabral mm-hmm. did a great job. And uh, at, correctly, I assumed no one would miss me. They didn't. But, no, uh, not really. but that's because you guys were so great. <laughs> uh, and I, I just want to say, just really quickly, I really liked the way that uh, season two of Cloak and Dagger wound down. I thought using despair was mm-hmm. great. And uh, very happy with the show. I liked it from the beginning, unlike some people sitting here at this desk. But I liked four they episodes. Won you, they won you over in the middle of the season, and they I think did. that's more impressive than the fact that I liked it from it's the beginning. It's really yeah. picking up. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like I, I enjoyed it for season one and the beginning of season two. But the the back half of season two, they really just like got running with it. Mm-hmm. I think they like really found their voice well, with the show. And they started to get into a story that you were interested in. Yeah. Like for me anyway, personally. I mean, yeah, I well, I get the I I get the difference. I think they were a little too divided maybe. Like mm-hmm. the characters went off into their own storylines and that was sort of the the issue is you had two yeah. shows going on that would occasionally intersect, but now like the two of them are together doing their thing and I think that's what you always wanted it to be. And yes. maybe they should have if they could have, and not that they were ever t- truly apart, but if they had gotten that in season one and season two was the two of them really yeah. like working more together, but they really only like decided that they were a team and a unit halfway through season two. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what I thought that season two was going to be. I thought season one was like the origin season, and then they were really going to, you know, and we saw, look, their abilities were improved. They did work together better, but. Uh, so I'm just that much more excited for season three, uh, which I guess officially has not been ordered. So, yeah. uh, well, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And to answer your question, because I got sidetracked on yes. the cloak and dagger, uh, I I am really excited for season three. The fact that we're going to get a big villain like Morgan Le Fay into this, like I, I it makes me just excited because it's such a weird thing to do. I don't. It makes me not know what season three is necessarily going to look like, mm-hmm. and that's great. Yeah, I agree. It's too much when like because season two of the Runaways, I kind of let you kind of knew what you were going to get more yeah, or less sure. based on season one, but now with this, it's like what in the hell is season three <laughs> going to be? Um, and if 
you get Cloak and Dagger popping up halfway through, it could get even crazier. And it works if you're going to do supernatural right. stuff. Because to bring in two very supernatural characters to deal with somebody from Arthurian legend... I'm in. Yes. Uh, I saw a comment in the chat from uh, Jenna James. She said uh, that Morgan Le Fay would be better suited for uh, Doctor Strange 2, not on TV. But clearly, when TV shows get to use these characters, it's because the movies aren't. So, you know, I'd rather rather she turn up here than not at all. So I, th- I, I think it's very interesting. I would love to see that character in the movies as well, sure. honestly. Yeah, I they can really always would. do that. But, you know? but like you said, I, if they're showing up yeah. in the TV, that's, I don't That's I something you see a lot more in DC. It's like, yeah. you know, there's a Flash TV show. Yeah, we don't care. Flash isn't a movie. You know, so yeah. uh, I, I think that if as there's more and more TV, I think that they might, you know, be a little bit more inclined to have competing versions of some of these characters it's Mm -hmm. tough because they do still want to you to feel like they're all in the same universe even if they're not necessarily cooperating as much as they were at the very beginning with Mm -hmm. like agents of shield seasons like one through three um but i i think i think actually morgan lefay works better in this context i think for doctor strange if you're going to go that route of having like a powerful sorceress to go up against Stephen Strange, Enchantress. Yeah, is a I would like choice. to see that. I was, was um, definitely what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, there's, there's similarities to at least how the characters behave, even if their backstory is not the same. And I think, like, putting an Asgardian sorceress up against Doctor Strange would be a really cool way to do it. But Morgan Le Fay being, down to, being from Earth, at least in theory, um, but her, her roots being, being Terran. I think would be the Marvel phrase. It would be yeah, no, I think, I think so. Terran, uh, I think works, especially with the Runaways, who are very grounded in their world. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll introduce an ancient, an ancient being. I know to what like one of the more grounded why, TV shows. Why is she after them? What's she doing? And uh, Ryan in the booth, her? that's the oh, DC Enchantress. So uh, different, different character. Enchantress, yeah. man. I, go, te- I, didn't, I didn't put her up. I okay. didn't put her up. <laughs> well, that's all right. Uh, I just had it We just, on we just let everybody know. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, the same name. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Although the, it reminds me, Zach, when we were at the uh, the LA Comic Con a few years ago, there was a dance off between uh, Marvel Enchantress and DC Enchantress. There was. No it was way. pretty amazing. <laughs> did you and guys video this? We did, but I don't know. It if we was because I was there as yeah. a videographer. I don't think we have it anymore. But anyway, oh, you guys. Uh, so let's move on to uh, some very surprising move today. And uh, when it comes to our friend. Loki, you can tell by the way he uses his walk, he's a woman's man. Yes, he is indeed got no time for talk, because Loki is living in the 70s. And uh, this just, uh, you know, we've talked a lot on both shows, this show and on mm-hmm. Marvel Movie News. Just like, well, where are they going to set this? Could it be an origin story? Could it be him as a younger man with, you know, just a little bit of Tom Hiddleston? Could it be a little bit more modern? What about when Loki disappears? With the Tesseract in in Endgame, uh, I don't think anybody had nineteen uh, seventies New York uh, in the pool. So I think we we everybody has to hold their bets. Uh, basically, I envision the opening being like the opening of the original Shaft, where he's just walking around the streets of New York and people are coming up to him trying to sell him fake watches and stuff. So I hope we get that because this piece of concept art uh, actually invoked that feeling right away. Uh, Zia, when you heard that uh, Loki for Disney Plus was going to be set in the 70s, what did you think? I'm excited because it's going to be something different. It's going to be something new. It's going to be something new, unique, something we haven't seen before. I don't know if it's... is. Are they actually saying it's going to be set in the 70s or are we just gathering that from the picture? We're just putting that together okay. from, We're putting the it together from the picture. It's possible but. that he just pops back in time for a time. Um, That's true. So I don't know. But if it if it stays that way where, where he is actually in the 70s, I think it'll be a cool feel. So I'm excited to see something new, see something different. I would... So it's interesting. I... I don't know what this Loki series is going to look like with this. Like, he doesn't necessarily have time travel in his sleeve, unless we're going to get, like, like, t- like Steve Rogers in this show somehow. Yeah, like, maybe. popping around and he, like, finds Loki. And, like, they got Chris Evans to be on a Disney Plus show. Doesn't seem likely. No, but I'm okay with that happening. Just, just <laughs> heads up. Um, but, so, I'm... I, I like to me this seg- suggests that we're gonna get a 
a flashback of some kind mm, okay. to what Loki might have been up to in the 70s. Because there's nothing to say that they weren't visiting Midgard during the 70s. Because uh, these like Loki is, what, 500 years old? I believe so. At yeah. this point in time. So it would stand to reason that they might have been traveling the realms before the events of Thor. And, of course, the stealing the Tesseract in Endgame, I believe that is the Time Stone, no? So, uh, That's what I was thinking, so if he, he has so the Tesseract. Could, no, could. the Time Stone is, the, is in the Eye of Agamotto. Mm, yeah, that's, that's true. All right. Well, it's, it's, it's the maybe, Space Stone Maybe he trades it like, uh, he trades it like pods or Pokemon something. cards. You know, he's like, well, I've got a Time Stone, you've got a Time Stone, you know, sit down. <laughs> that's why I'm saying, like, yeah. unless you get Steve Rogers in there. That's true. He's got, Steve's like, got all the other ones. He's got his Time Machine, like, suit. I think it's fine if it's Loki in 1975 totally has cool reason to go to New York, you know, long before it, his brother ever, you know, shows up in the deserts of New Mexico or whatever. So, uh, you know, again, we're getting little kernels for any of these shows, and we know Disney Plus is premiering on November 12th. We have no indication that any of these shows will be a part of it uh, in that initial launch. You know, I think they're going to have something big because they want you to sign up right away. But I don't. I mean, we won't know for. Well, probably not until we get a lot closer to has, November twelfth. I mean, I guess they, Loki has started shooting, right? Like <laughs> if they have a set photo, you would think so. Um, and this is from the investor meeting that was yeah. a couple months ago. At this point, so Loki in theory could, but I, but they, I think they would have said that, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, let us know what your theories are. And look, is there anybody that sees this picture and uh, just doesn't buy into it? And they're like, no, I don't think it's in the seventies at all. It's a lot. I mean, there's look, a lot the, happening. You that see the cars image is and, clearly from the seventies yeah. because you have you have cars that are fit in the seventies and you have the Jaws billboard. Right. Like this looks like Times Square in the seventies. Right. And if, if if you don't know the opening of the original Shaft, I'm sure it's on it's on YouTube. Just watch it. It's highly entertaining. It has the great Isaac Hayes uh, score uh, theme from Shaft. Shaft. Yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> Damn right. And, uh, and just imagine Loki uh, just recreating that, or the opening of Saturday Night Fever. I'd like to see either of those. But anyway, that's just me. Let me know uh, what you all think. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking about like, what, like, is this going to be a launch show for Disney Plus? And it, it it sort of adds up to me that it could be. Yeah, like, this could be a late announcement, like to re- to get you excited again because we know that the Mandalorian is going to be mm-hmm. there at launch. We know that there's going to be obviously this back catalog of movies. Captain Marvel is going to be on there at mm-hmm. launch. Maybe Endgame. I don't know how that... By November? I mean, maybe. Yeah. November I mean, is... It adds... Like, it fits... Like, Captain Marvel's coming out now, and that yeah, was a February movie. Yeah. So... March 6th, I believe it came out. March 6th? It came at premiere? the beginning of March. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Mar- so March but to same June, really, three yeah. months. So, like... If you if we don't get an April movie by November yeah. on home video, no, I'd right. be surprised. So... But the question is if they want to put it on a streaming service that fast. But if you put Endgame on Disney+, Plus, that's a hell of a selling point. Oh, yeah. To your, to your new I mean, audience. I was going to get it anyway, but it'd be like, oh, I'm ready to watch this now three more times. <laughs> and they, there is going to be the big Marvel uh, anou- announcement s- set or whatever at... D23. D23. They also do have the San Diego panel. Mm -hmm. So there's going to have to be some kind of split of announcements. There's going to be something there. Yeah, for sure. I was talking with somebody today. I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to get the movie slate at San Diego Mm. and the Disney Plus slate at D23. I mean, that would make sense for sure that that that's where the Disney uh, Disney Plus thing comes out. Although that's a room full of people who are going to probably already have, you know, pre-bought the next five years of it. So, But it's uh, just but, about taking over the news right. cycle. No, exactly. With DC not going to San Diego, Marvel <sighs> that, has the run of the place. That really surprised me, by the way. Crazy. That they weren't doing it. But, uh, so, uh, as I alluded to at the top of the show, uh, you may not have heard, but there was an X-Men movie out in theaters this weekend. And you may not have seen we, it. Well, that's the thing is, you know, uh, this being Marvel TV Weekly, we're only going to talk about the movie itself for a couple minutes real fast. But we're also not going to talk about it in a spoiler a spoilery way at all because... $35 million tells me most of you didn't see it. So we shouldn't spoil anything just yet. 
Uh, in case uh, Zach, you want to go. Zach and I talked about it on Thursday's Marvel Movie News because uh, we had gone to a screening. And uh, if you know us, we never let Zia come. Uh, we <laughs> just We just disinvited her. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, see, now that I said that, I have to say she actually couldn't come. <laughs> she had to work. Same. Usual, usual reason. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot more than uh, a lot of the uh, online things that I've seen. What I really liked is the cast. I thought Sophie Turner was great, and then everybody else who has always been great continues to be great, like McAvoy, Fassbender. And uh, I like this cast of X-Men. It's kind of disappointing for me that you know we didn't really get that much of them. I was very attached to the, the original X-Men 2000 cast, for sure. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I always feel like we could have gotten a lot more and seen uh, greater things uh, from all of them. Uh, and, uh, Zach, if you want to kind of summarize your sort of overall thoughts on the movie, we'll really dive into this on Thursday uh, when... We will be joined on Marvel Movie News by Chris Claremont, longtime X Men oh, writer. It's be so cool. And uh, by the way, if you follow him on Instagram at Chris Clear Mountain, he uh, he really liked the movie. He's uh, also he's got he's got a picture where Sophie Turner is towering over him, and uh, he's not really a short guy. So I didn't realize she was this tall, to tell you the truth. But anyway, uh, so that'll be on Thursday. But just uh, very briefly, just kind of summarize your overall thoughts on Dark Phoenix. I thought it was fine. And that's pretty much like my yeah. the, the basic thing. Like it was good. It wasn't great. It didn't like it. It needed a lot more. I thought that they the base. What it basically comes down to is I feel like the movie thought it had earned the emotion right. that it hadn't. It that like Endgame had, but we weren't attached to these people, so mm-hmm. I didn't have the same. You needed to do more groundwork than you did to get us to this point. This was like, we'd only seen this version of Jean Grey for a movie and a half. Now, total. Like, to- yeah, at the as end of, right of now. Dark Phoenix, a movie and a half. Because mm-hmm. she wasn't in that much of Apocalypse. Right. So you can't do the big twist and change to her personality when we only had half a movie to meet her. True. We didn't earn her going through this, so it was hard to invest in the storyline. So even if if there had been another movie before this, this what they gave us might have worked a lot better, but they didn't, and so it all a lot of the true emotion behind what the Phoenix story is supposed to be fell flat. Yeah, only because I didn't care enough. And the one thing is, of course, when they went into production on this movie, even, you know, commissioned this as a script, they had no way to know that the uh, merger was coming. But if they hadn't done it now, they wouldn't have gotten to do it. So I'm sure that there's some level of satisfaction. It's like, all right, at least we took another shot at Dark Phoenix. Now, Zia, what people don't know is what you think of the movie, because you just saw it, you saw it last night, right? Yes, I did. And again, we're going to keep it short here, because we're going to really talk about <laughs> it on Thursday. Uh, and so, uh, just uh, general terms, overall thoughts, what did you think of Dark Phoenix? I think I'm very similar to both of you, actually. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. It definitely did not earn the 23% Rotten Tomato score that it got. Like, I, that I find was, that crazy. It was yeah. not that bad. Welcome and to it was, internet reviewing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay, I was expecting so much worse. Um, and it was not as bad as um, Wolverine Origins. It was not as bad as Apocalypse. So I Or The Last Stand. Or The Last Stand, you're right. I, I enjoyed it much more than all of those. Um, I just think that they, they missed opportunities to tell a more compelling story than they did. They had so much to work with, especially after reading the comic, which I know we're going to get into. We'll get to in a minute, yeah. Oh, there's just so much they could have done that they didn't. And I'm not saying it had to be word for word. It had to be the exact same story. They just, there were... There were things they could have done, so it was it was a letdown after reading that, being like, oh my god, there's this amazing story that I almost cried at the end of. Spoiler. The, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, it's from 1980. The, we can't spoil it. Um, uh, anyway, ahead. yeah, it's yeah. the movie that I was like, uh, and I definitely agree with you to an extent, Zach. Like they just, you didn't. The acting was well done enough in those moments that I that I felt sad, but not in the same way that I did in Endgame. That that's the thing, and like I, I, this is not to compare it to Endgame because no, nothing you really compared to it. Yeah. But that was the thing is I felt like the filmmakers thought they were making their Endgame, right? And yeah. they weren't. At best, this was their Ultron. Yeah, and fair. Yeah, like but, fair, I, yeah. I, what, but what I mean is like they're at that point in this this franchise like this rebooting of your franchise like you started over yeah if this was just like you had that emotion between 
let's say like uh, with Hank and uh, and Raven, Raven. yeah, uh, those two had an emotional an emotional story that I totally could get behind because I've been watching them mm-hmm. since first class. They had what four movies now yeah. together? Mm-hmm. Their story I'm invested in, but not the the version like this this little this little baby Scott uh, who's like. Except for one line oh. is a pretty good version of Scott. Yeah, where that, you're like, that, that line, that really, line? <laughs> the, the, the line with the F word in it. I you're think not, I laughed. Yeah, you're I, not I, a piece of shit. Scott. I just, I just rolled my no. eyes and I was like, oh no. Yeah, that that took me out of it. But there whatever. was another line in the movie that made me think of you. I know what it is, and Go you ahead. know exactly what it is. I had to tell the story afterwards. Go ahead. May as well be called the ex women. So to be fair, I actually thought it was funny. Though I thought it was, I thought funny, it was funny too. I didn't think it was bad. There are a lot of times where people would the monthly uh, X Men book would. come out and it was like a bunch of women uh wolverine and, and long shot <laughs> i was thinking about it it's like, it, but, but really the rest were all women and it was like at some point it was like yeah why is it called the x-men <laughs> because it's like two dudes and like five women and yeah. i'm gonna and i'm just gonna say this i'm sorry x-women does not roll off no it doesn't tongue. it totally doesn't <laughs> you know yeah. no, and, and it made me sort of stop there there was a book a couple years ago and that, that they put out where they like they put this in press release and everything that it was uh they had relaunched a book that was just x-men one, yeah, uh, but it was all female characters. I, Literally, yeah. no male characters other than like pop, like characters that would like pop in. Right. Like, all the main characters were women, and it made me think like if, uh, and maybe this is going to be a tr- good transition. If they were going to do X Men in the MCU, would yeah. they keep the name X Men because it totally flies against? All the, the women. Like the, <laughs> it well, flies against the way that MCU presents things. Yeah, I think because of the brand, you wouldn't change it. You, It's a very valid point. There would probably be that debate, and it would ultimately come down to merchandising and you know sales and just be and like, just no, we're just going to call well it. how well-known it is. Right. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so well-known. I, I, But, I, yeah, there's something to be said. Uh, certainly for that. So, I mean, that's just kind of the overall on this. Uh, you know, and we will see these characters again, just Ooh. not for a while. Uh, and you're excited by something in the yeah, chat? Yeah, Orlando Williams says they need to do a standalone rogue movie. I agree with you 100%. But now, here's the question the- Starring Anna Paquin, or do you want to, you want to recast? We got to recast. I'm sorry. See, nothing, I liked against, her. nothing against Anna Paquin, and it was not her fault with what they gave her to work with. I just. It's, did it's, you see the rogue cut of uh, Days of Future Past? No, I She's don't think I more. did. It's, oh, uh, yeah. the rogue cut's great. The rogue cut is great. I can. Uh, I'll lend it to you. Thank you. <laughs> I, now I really yeah. want to watch it. Um, no, there's this. I just uh, this is going to sound really crappy. I think they need to get someone younger for the role. Well, though. no, I just because if you want to tell her story from the beginning, you, you should have actually. To, you have I mean, to she was. You know, it, it was 19 years ago that uh, the first X Men movie was. Anyway, uh, so the look at that. There's uh, Ryan's got the actual uh, Blu-ray go. cover. So. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk about sticking with Dark Phoenix, but actually not the movie. Now, Zia, you just finished, and you can hold it up for the camera. The collection, uh, there's Chris Claremont's name. Uh, we'll see his name Sorry, again in a moment, but right somewhere. here on the bottom, right here, he and John Byrne did that story of uh, Uncanny X-Men 129 through 137, which if you've seen any show I've ever been on, sometimes not even comic book shows, I will tell you, for me, it is the greatest comic book story ever told. What did you think of reading the Dark Phoenix Saga? Lu- uh, Lucy's my my daughter's name. That's how tired I am. Zia, but I feel like you're, you could be my daughter in some weird, weird world. I could in some weird world, yeah. but I'm definitely... Your daughter I mean, is like one. <laughs> okay, so she's almost two, but anyway. Um, I, I loved it. It's so good. I I'm gonna eventually have to just go through and reread it again. I mean, the fact that this is oh, I don't want to, spo- I can't spoil too much. Um, that we get Gladiator in this, yes, love that. You, you get the the Shiar, the, Shiar, the guard, and you, yeah, get you get all the those Kree, car- you yes. get the scroll, you get. I mean, ro- rogue, no, I'm just a rogue. Um, ro- ro- not yet, I'm rogue. <laughs> no, I see. I don't want to ruin this for you. Zach, right. I'm sorry. We, just talk about. I'm in the middle of rereading. Yeah, so, all yeah, so Zach okay. started with the regular Phoenix Saga, so he's not there yet. She kills a planet. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. She that, kills it. Five billion people. Well, not people, but yeah. And that and that one panel. They're people. They can be people the, and not be humans. Zia. Yeah. You but xenophobe. they're called something else. And what that, are they the Mabari and uh, that, Mabari. That's what it and is. And that's Jessica Chastain's race in the movie. That's what they. That one panel. 
from uh, Uncanny X Men one thirty five. That's what they took from it. Yes. Okay, because I was trying to figure I know that that's out. A spoiler Even in the now comics, that I, I was it like, out. "That's why I couldn't place them." Yes, because you hadn't read it yet. That's but it's too late. I already said it. I'm sorry. Well, but, no, but I just mean it's yeah. so minor. So it's bad. such a minor thing, and uh, yeah, that. So anyway, uh, but. So, yeah, it's a great story, and it builds uh, to a climax that Zach, having not even read it, you know how it ends, because Jean Grey's gone for a long time, and, in fact, was supposed to stay dead, because that was at a time in comics where when somebody died, they stayed dead. Hank has to go back to the the past and bring forward the original X-Men when they're all, like, little teenagers, because he had to do it. Right, but she comes (laughs) save the future. But she comes back long before that. She was actually only dead real time five years. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, for X Factor, they brought her back. And they look as comic books go, they came up with a good reason. Like, well, this gene is Gene in a cocoon from before she was Phoenix. So this she doesn't have any of those powers. This is just Marvel Girl Gene. That's all she can do. She can't do any of the Phoenix stuff. So I don't know. That's a spoiler for X Factor number one from nineteen eighty five. Sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Is Xavier a dick in the Dark Phoenix comic story? Um, Not really. No, but in all honesty, if you read from especially the beginning of the new X-Men... It takes a long time for Charlie to soften it all. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's pretty much a hard ass, especially like uh, Kitty Pride. Uh, there's oh, a, there's an issue Kitty called Pride, uh, uh, let's see, it's a uh, one sixty eight. It's called Professor Xavier is a jerk because he decides that she should be on the New Mutants because she's so young. <laughs> Even though at that point she'd already you know saved the world like eight times, whatever. She's so, she's awesome in this too. She, by the yeah, way, it's like an afterthought that mm-hmm. uh, Kitty Pride is introduced in one twenty nine and uh, the Dazzler in one thirty. Oh my god! Which right. by the way, uh, the Dazzler is, in the you mo- will see Dazzler in, in the, the movie, movie briefly. And it, it's brief, but it's Perfect. so great because I love that Perfect. character. Yeah, exactly, exactly and as you said. Played by uh, Halston Sage for people who know the Orville. The I don't uh, know that well, is. that's for people. It the, was her. It okay. was Halston Sage. Yeah, I, I had to look it up though because I didn't. It's not like I recognized her. Uh, so and, and <laughs> so, so that's where so, she went. Zach, you're not here yet. You're not to the Dark Phoenix, which I'm, it, yeah, I'm it's still a, in my like re go through all of uh, the the Phoenix side because I wanted it, to go back to X Men 101. <laughs> right. It, it's even more epic when you build from that moment with. the the actual Phoenix saga before you get to the Dark Phoenix saga. See, now I got to go back and read that. Right. Well, That's there you nice. go. It's true. But, th- but this was a this was a good this was a good bit of homework to have, oh, and uh, I recommend it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Now we have now had on the big screen we've had two tellings of the Dark Phoenix saga, uh, but there will always be the definitive screen version of the Dark Phoenix saga, mm-hmm. and it will always be the '90s X Men animated series. Yes. The uh, four part miniseries, which. A credit that you don't see often on on any animated show, even ones based on cartoons, based on stories by Chris Claremont, for those watching on YouTube, you see right there, uh, because they were so close to the stories that uh, Zia just read. Obviously, there's different characters. There, there's definitely some differences. But if you break down what happens in each episode of the show, it's right out of this. Oh, and they did such it, a great it's job. It's so great. The Shi'ar are there. The yeah. The um, she- gladiators yeah, there. Like, they, they- basically, everybody's there except Kitty. Yeah. Because they didn't want Kitty on that show, and uh, that's always infuriating. Uh, but that's besides the point. So, uh, look, very exciting to uh, think about that, but also, for those who maybe haven't seen, there is actually news about the X-Men animated series. Now, this is just one of those things where people want, you know, it's, it's not even a rumor per se. It's more that the creative team behind the show Plans to approach Disney to say, like, look, you know, you've got these characters. So uh, producer and director Larry Houston, who's uh, actually wrote some of these, uh, he's the actual script writer of some of these episodes of the Dark Phoenix Saga, he's said that they really would just love to start the show over again, you I'm know? Throw and, my cup. and it would be amazing. Say yes, Disney. Because... Uh, you know, most of these voice actors are still out there. Uh, the yeah. guy who's Wolverine is the only Wolverine they've ever had in all the different incarnations of all the different, you know, X Men Evolution. All the different—it's always that guy. So he's gonna say yes. I just feel like it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, so, and I just want to hear Wolverine say "bub" a lot. But it's true. I do want to say that. Uh, I do want to say, that. yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and that, just and, like that, and just like that. It does take away from the story in the movie that Wolverine's not in it because uh, you know he's just such an important part of. Uh, 
uh, especially you know when he's in the sewers in uh, 133. Kinberg so. did talk about it though. He was like, they, we thought about like trying to get Wolverine into this, but like they haven't recast him. They're obviously not going to for like a quick yeah, thing. Yeah, not for that. Yeah. And they didn't want to bring Hugh Jackman in because it is like a love story triangle thing mm-hmm. and yeah. Sophie Turner is so young. It would be so and weird. Hugh Jackman is so old yeah. that it's just not that like they could do the. I mean, I, that maybe would be outside of their budget, but they could do what they've been doing for like Gemini Man and. Yeah, but um, also if you think about it, at this point, like I don't know, Logan's like what 130 years old or something. So you know, he's he's really too old for her. Uh, Even if you did de-age him <laughs> on camera. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, interesting thing I'll just touch on really quickly. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, who was the director for First Class, has talked about uh, his planned X-Men trilogy that started with First Class. There was going to be a second film, and then the third film was going to be Days of, Days of Future Past. And the way that movie studios work... Uh, especially you, Warner Brothers, is no, let's skip all that middle stuff and just go right to the thing at the end. So, uh, you know, that could have been a little bit more of a nuanced thing, but... I know I really like Days of Future Past. I was very excited no, was for good. that. But it was really good. Just you read a little bit about it if you want to Google it, and you'll see that there would have been more, and it would have been would have been nicer to have, say, like a second class movie or something uh, before we got to that. Uh, and uh, let's see, really quickly, there's uh, very faithful recreations of uh, some of the '90s X Men figures that you can get out, out there right now. So uh, if that if that's the sort of thing you're into, uh, make sure you look for those. I remember. I remember seeing those on the shelves. Uh, I didn't buy them then, and I, I just can't justify buying them now. But for those of you who do buy them, uh, I am very jealous. Uh, we wanted to get to a top three uh, before we ran out of time entirely. So let's talk about the top three storylines we'd like to see, the top three X-Men storylines we'd like to see once they get into the MCU. So our thinking for this is stories that you've seen in the comic books, uh, the animated series, Previous movies, because think about how the fact that this is going to be the MCU now. So there's going to be ground to be covered again. Uh, and then, you know, I guess you can look at video games and things, too, uh, if there's something from there. Like, if you want there to be an X-Men versus Capcom movie, sure, they could do that. <laughs> um, and I would go see it. But uh, so uh, now, do you guys have thoughts in mind? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Zia, why don't you go first? Okay. Are we just going three, two, one we'll do, real we'll, quick? You do three. We'll yeah, do three, exactly. Three, three. three. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah okay. Deal with that. Um, my third one is one that I found that I'm now 100% going to go read because I just need to know what this is. Is um, Dracula versus... Oh, uh, Did you read this? Yes. I gotta know what... Is it bad? I it's need to know. It's not that bad, actually. Okay. It, it, there, it's, Storm has a, has a really important role. Oh, that's there's, great. There's two Dracula X-Men stories. There's uh, uh, Uncanny 159 and uh, annual number six is okay. sort of like a sequel to it. Uh, yeah, it, it's okay. Let's put it that All way. Right. So I, it's, I, I'm not a vampire guy, but I know you I are. Am, totally so makes I, sense that I, you're I, into I it. I 100% need to see that. Uh, so that's my number three. Zach, when you think of a number three, look at this. Uh, yeah, this is a collection yes. of it right here. That's uh, that's a reprint, but that's beautiful. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Uh, what would you think of for a number three? I'm just trying to think of like what would work in the MCU, and there's so many there's so many stories, but I feel like I would love to see. A, a, I don't even know what story it would be, to be honest, but I would love to see uh, Genosha. Yeah, that, that's, actually, that's actually my number three as well. I would like to see them deal with it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's... It was something that they addressed fairly well in the animated series, and they when really they did. first introduced it, like around Uncanny two fifty ish, when we they first went there, it was just it was just a really interesting. You know, I mean, it, it was a different way to look at the mutant race, really, and I, I think that that's something that they should definitely explore. You know, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's taking sort of the the mutant registration act to another level, and you know, there's some just some it's really some dark storytelling because uh, you know some characters find themselves without powers and things, and just some pretty tough situations. So yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Uh, Zia, what's your number two? 
Um, my number two is oh, I, I just want to see Apocalypse again. I want to see that done right. I'm sorry. I, I would like to see Apocalypse done I, right. Yeah, it's I a can. very interesting character, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, even casting Oscar Isaac's was uh, not a mistake. No, it's just he's the, a the movie great, wasn't great. Yeah, they just yeah. didn't do the movies. Yeah, well. no, I, I, I definitely uh, don't disagree with that. Uh, Zach, do you have a number two? Yes, uh, I want to see them just go all the way back to Giant Size X Men number one. And pull out uh, the go to the going to the yeah, island of Krakoa. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. By the way, <laughs> like go crazy with this. Uh, why not? I want the Brood Saga, which uh, we have never seen. I don't think they felt comfortable doing that in a children's animated series. Uh, Tell me about it. It's 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 not entirely dissimilar from Alien. Aliens. That, yeah. Uh, it, it's not book. that long after this. Actually, it's it's basically in like the 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 later one fifties and. Uh, you know, just having sort of these these creatures implanted into the X Men. It's, it's oh my god! It's a fascinating story, yes, and I please. think you could really, really do so. And you wouldn't get sued. Straight oh up, the brood looks yeah, like yeah, it, look, it looks a lot like yeah. Awesome. Uh, and so that's my number two. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. look at this. Uncanny one sixty two right there. That yeah, is awesome. that's uh, as it gets pretty close to the end. Uh, so and then uh, let's see. Wait, uh, Zach said his number two. So now it's time for uh, Z's number one. One. I think you already know what that's going to be. <laughs> I say this every time. House of M. Yeah. Oh, damn hey. it. I mean, look, I, I, you know, we really got. I feel like we've finally gotten to see Wanda, aka the Scarlet Witch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in her element. So uh, I, I think that uh, it's a great way to explain these characters. If you want to have them having some kind of history when they show up in the MCU, that's that's definitely the way to do it. Uh, and so. Zach, you're number one. Um, I was actually going to say not just like I, I want to see the results of House of M tackled because I want yeah. to see what happens in some form, whether it's with the mutants or not, where uh, like Wanda Maximoff, no more mutants. Like the thing is, like all these storylines need massive time to set up. Yeah, that's the and thing. Um, that's, that's tough because like a lot of them deal with like mutants just having existed for a while. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I have, like, I don't know what my, like, early MCU X-Men movies are, wants are. Do something original, maybe. Yeah, Marvel. Be great. <laughs> and uh, for me, my number one, if you know me, you won't be surprised. Kitty Pride and Wolverine, which is a great six-issue uh, miniseries. Uh, we sort of got a good telling of the uh, original Wolverine four-issue miniseries. Basically, the first two acts of the Wolverine, not the garbage third act, but the first two acts, are. there's a lot of sequences right out of that. But Kitty Pride and Wolverine is great. All I'll say is she becomes a ninja by the end of that. Uh, <laughs> it's That's fantastic. Cool. And uh, uh, the first time I ever uh, interviewed Chris Claremont uh, back in uh, 2012, uh, he and I spent a lot of time talking about how we really wanted to see that as like a you know a streaming series back when there was really only Netflix. And uh, we still haven't gotten it, so that's what I want to see. But anyway, speaking of Chris Claremont, you can catch all of us speaking with him on mm-hmm. Thursday on Marvel Movie News over on the Popcorn Talk Network at one Pacific, that's four Eastern. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Zach, where do people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. And Zia! You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore Len. That's X-I-A underscore Len. And also on uh, Facebook at Zia Landerson. And if you look at Zia's uh, Instagram, she actually uh, reposted my first ever Instagram story because I did such a good job and I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Anyway, that's all the time we have for tonight. But until next Sunday or next Thursday as well, Excelsior! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.